Passing Dimes is proud to welcome a new partner to the show, Momentum Pro Camps. Momentum Pro Camps runs volleyball camps across Ontario, bringing professional athletes, coaches, and resources to communities, clubs, and partners. Momentum's mission is to inspire and develop high performers for life, and they're doing just that. Unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Momentum has suspended all programming until permitted by local public health recommendations. However, they have developed incredible future programming for athletes to benefit from and are excited to share it with all of you when we can play again. Follow us on social media at Momentum Pro Camps for updates and details on future programs or email us at contact at MomentumProCamps.com. Stay excellent, friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Times. Really excited to get the, today's guest. It's just friends helping friends. So we've had her sibling on the show, and we're going to try to top it today. So today's guest is a two-time Canada West champion. She's got a U Sports bronze medal. She's an 18U national champion with Dinos, and she's already represented Volleyball Canada at FISU on her junior national team, and she just finished up with the senior national team at VNL. Please welcome to the show, Hillary Howe. Hillary, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. So we, we just had your brother Jackson on the show and it was pretty awesome to hear about his upbringing and just how close you guys were. And, and I got to call him out a little bit. He he mentioned he was a pretty, pretty good soccer player. He was into a lot of athletics, but I think maybe your influence or maybe your older brother got the family into volleyball, right? So what do you remember about growing up and all the sports you were playing before you made volleyball like your full-time passion? Okay, yeah, we, we did grow up in a pretty competitive family, uh, me, Taylor and Jackson. Um, Taylor was, yeah, a few years older than Jackson and I, so he sort of paved the way, um, was starting different sports and us watching him and, uh, volleyball was the main, his main sport. Um, so Jackson and I followed, but yeah, we were, we were really competitive growing up. Jackson was a little bit smaller than me for many years. Um, probably not till later in high school that he passed me. So we had a lot of years of playing one-on-one -on, -one on the driveway and going full out and being over competitive. And um, yeah, that was a really, a really fun part about growing up. Jackson and I started, like he said, we played on the same like mixed soccer team, like when we were really young and then he got into hockey and lacrosse, like he was saying. And I uh, really got into ringette at a young age. So in kindergarten ringette became my main sport and I played for about nine years yeah I really like my dad would take us to the lake the community lake and we would uh, skate around and I love to skate and so he put me in ringette uh, while the boys were in hockey and it soon became like my favorite thing I played competitively for yeah for many years and that was my I mean I did school sports but that was kind of my my passion uh, and I really loved to play and played like at a quite a there's like a Calgary team all the way from like U12 I think or U14 and you could play for the Calgary team and travel around so it was really cool to play it felt like a really high level of sport at a young age but then in you know elementary I start realizing I'm, I'm quite a bit taller than my friends and uh, maybe some sport I could play some sports that I use my height a little more and so I different from my brothers I played club basketball Jackson always loved basketball, but never played in a club. Or maybe he did one year, I'm not so sure. Uh, but I played from, I started in grade six and played up until grade 12 and really, really loved basketball. And it was fun to use my height, uh, unlike Ringette. And uh, I played with my cousin McKenna and she's a hoot. So we had a lot of fun playing club basketball together. I played for CBA, which is a really awesome club in Calgary, really sweet girls and awesome coaches. So really loved basketball growing up. And like I said, played a lot on the driveway with, with my brothers. Uh, it never really ended well on the driveway. Usually someone was pretty mad. And so, yeah, I, I competed in basketball for many years and really loved it. And then it wasn't until grade eight when um, I think maybe Jackson decided to play this year as well. And we've been watching Taylor play. He was quite a great, or he was a really good player uh, in club, played for Elite West in Calgary. And um, yeah, one of his old coaches was going to coach a girls team. 
And I think he's this coach, Karsten, uh, saw me in school volleyball and said, hey, why don't you come play on my U15 team? I was one year underage at that point. And he said, I know you're, you know, you're playing ringette and basketball and school sports, but I'd love to have you on the team. Like, so you can try it out. Um, and so that was really nice because I could, I mean, at this time I was playing ringette, I was playing basketball and now volleyball outside of school sports. And so in grade eight, I was up to, I think, 11 practices a week. Wow. So like, yeah, so like that was kind of life back then was like, after school, I'd go to volleyball and then like my mom would pick me up and drive me to basketball and then I'd have basketball and I'd go to bed and repeat the next day or ring at whatever it was. And so tournaments every weekend, like lots of like choosing between like, I don't know what tournament to go to, what's more important, like little things like that. So that was a crazy time. And I, volleyball was third. It was like ringettes, probably like two basketball became one and volleyball was like third when I started it. And the coach was really great. He's in a, he was an intense coach for my first year. Like, yeah. And he, he was really great with me. Like I could, he understood when I missed practices or couldn't be there, but believed in me and invested in me, which was really cool. And yeah, so I played, that was my first year of volleyball in grade eight. And after playing all these sports that year, like my crazy year, I even trained for a triathlon through my school that year. So it was just crazy. Lots of activity, lots of sport, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And I, I thought, you know what, I want to play, I want to play a uh, university sport. I want to take a sport far. And so I thought ringette is, is, you know, it's limited after high school. And I knew that basketball and volleyball, you know, the sky's the limit. So I, I decided to drop ringette and pursue volleyball and basketball after that. So in grade nine, I just stuck to volleyball and basketball and I was asked to play on the junior dinos my grade nine year. And that was a cool step. So I played U15 for a second year, uh, stayed with my age group. And um, it was a really skilled team. And we had a really great coach, Kevin Boyles, who coached at UFC. So he like, and his daughter was on our team. So that was really cool. Like he was a really experienced, awesome coach for U15. And so, yeah, he, I kind of fell in love with it that year and felt the most like a ton of improvement. And then began, after that year in grade nine, I started playing Team Alberta in the summers. And uh, yeah, I, I, I did a little bit of VCCE once I got to high school, like that morning training before school. Um, and then obviously whatever, played in high school and all that. And volleyball just slowly became kind of my main sport. But I, I held on to basketball a little bit in high school because I still really loved it and loved the girls I played with. And yeah, I think it, to this day, I still think it's an, an amazing sport and sometimes wish you could do more than one, but volleyball's it now. And I'm, I'm really loving it. Yeah, that, that's great. Well, I think first of all, shout out to your parents for helping all three of you, I guess, follow your passion and do all these sports. And it's great. But uh, I think that's awesome to hear about your first volleyball coach, because I think we all know the value of multi-sport athletes. But when you're in those environments and you have to be the coach that lets the athlete miss tournaments or miss practices, like I think that takes uh, just an understanding of like the big picture, right? To kind of like still support you and coach you up when you're at practice, but not get on you that you're skipping or missing stuff, right? So uh, I think that's just a really cool environment to come from that they, they they saw the big picture. And then obviously, you know, you got the last laugh that you got it to be volleyball, but it's just cool to hear multi-sport coaches like be aware that you're going to be busy. So uh, I did want to ask about your school program because I'm wondering, Calgary is such an athletic area. What was the school scene like? Because I was really impressed with your brother talking about like Pierce was ahead of him a few grades, but like Riley Barnes had gone to the same high school. Him and Jesse Elser and Matias were like all at the same school. So it sounded like there was just a great volleyball program. Did you have a similar experience or, or club was really where you saw the high level that volleyball could be? I, I was fortunate enough to have a really great high school team as well. It actually like, uh, so I went to Scarlet as well um, as, you know, Jackson and Pierce and Jesse and all those guys. Luckily we had, I think like four girls from my dinos team, maybe five were, were on, went to Scarlet. So we had a really great, and that all in my grade. So uh, there wasn't, there wasn't too many big names, um, you know, club players, I guess, before, like older than us or younger than us, but my grade in particular had a lot of club players. So we actually competed. We, we got second every year in cities to Aberhart, 
who we thought we were stacked, but they had good club players on the bench. They were a really, really great team. And so we always, yeah, we always wanted to, to win the gold, but we came second in a lot of tournaments because we would, we'd fall short to Aberhart. But I was really fortunate to have uh, teammates and club players on my team. So we were, we were really good, a good, a good high school team for sure. And with your high performance background, because like you said, like even in kindergarten playing ringette, you're on like a travel team and you understand like commitment and time management and stuff like that. Like to, to me being an Ontario guy, I, I don't know it really well, but Dinos has definitely earned a strong reputation. So within the club, how many times were you guys practicing per week? Was there like access to strength and conditioning or any mental training? Like it seems like they're competitive every year. So with you going through that stream, like what does Dinos do that makes them so successful every year? Yeah, they, yeah, uh, that's a good question. They are, yeah, it's an it's the, an elite club, especially when I entered it. Um, it was we had their they had their own training gym and we had our own locker room, so it was kind of in this warehouse where we didn't see other teams. We had like a special team gym and our own lockers and stuff. So you really felt like I mean, there's and then there's banners all around this gym. Like it was a really cool environment to come into. It felt like elite and special and. Yeah, it was it was just a high. I mean, at the time, every age group was at the top, uh, like top in the province, and that was cool. Being a U15 and seeing the U18s and U17s win nationals, like we we could see they'd practice before us or something. We'd we'd look up to them and know where they're going to university, and it was just a cool, really cool environment. And then yeah, we definitely every year had like uh, like sports psych and. Um, like there was the gym, like a workout, like some squat racks and weights and stuff in that private gym. So we had our fair share of like practice, but also working out. And I remember like every year, the beginning of the year, we just like set our goals really high. And when practice, like, for example, my U18 year, uh, we won nationals. And from before we even touched the ball, we decided like we're going to do whatever it takes to win nationals this year. That's our, our goal. And so everything was done with purpose there. And it was, yeah, it was awesome to pursue big things uh, with a really talented group. And uh, yeah, by my, by my U18 year, I mean, I think we just, the, the load of working out increased. And I think it's pretty, now I realize it's pretty, you're pretty fortunate to have strength and conditioning um, in high school. Cause I know so, that's not common for a lot of clubs um, or, or it wasn't at least when, when I played. And so I remember in U18, there was a big focus on preparing us for university. And so we actually worked out like weight lifted four times a week and practiced twice, uh, which is, and then sometimes tournaments on the weekend and whatnot, but the focus was, was, was getting us strong and prepared uh, to take a big load the following years. A lot of us were going to go to university teams. So that was a really cool, cool element of that club. They do prepare athletes to go to university and they set uh yeah like a, a high and elite standard when you when you enter that gym so it was it was really cool to grow up in that club nice and i'm, I'm always impressed with high achievers how you can set a goal and then stick to it but I, i'm always wondering like what's the behind the scenes because i think most club teams would start and they, they put on the whiteboard or they put in their team building meeting that like yeah we're gonna we're gonna win nationals this year but you can't win nationals in January, right? So I'm wondering how, when you guys made this goal as a team, how do you stay attached to that every day as an 18 year old thinking, yeah, like, yeah, we're going to win nationals. Like, did you guys go into lifts thinking like, yeah, we're going to, we're lifting. So we're going to win nationals. Or uh, how did you feel as being a high athlete that you, you were staying connected to that goal? Um, I think it's one thing like our coach, who's uh, Tracy Keats. She, she was amazing, really amazing. Came in that year. And she, whenever we would, for example, we played in a we played in a tournament before ADAs uh, against some college teams in Calgary, like a mini like scrimmage tournament. And we played like one game. And after the game, she said to us, like, you girls seem you girls think like you're too good for this. Like you you seem cocky, you seem arrogant, and I'm not gonna have it. So when you guys come into the middle, you need to run there. You need to run to the baseline before you serve. I don't want to see you girls be lazy or act entitled for one more one more game. And so that became, and that was a bit of a shocker to us because I think we were sitting on a little bit of a high horse. Like, wow, we've got such a such amazing team this year. Like, we're going to win no problem. And she sort of said, like, you're not going to win, you know, 
think like being all you know cocky or, or not putting the effort like we're going to win this because we worked hard for it and we're dialed in and we're focused and we yeah we're not lazy about anything and she set the tone from this preseason tournament that meant n- next to nothing um or like scrimmage games she was she didn't she didn't let us slack for a second and in fact she made us run to the baseline to serve which probably looked a little silly but we just decided like we're going to work harder than other teams and we're going to earn our wins and so I remember actually even like lifting weights uh we had like a really intense uh weightlifting coach and I would sometimes the the lifts were always challenging and like pushing sleds and stuff and I remember there's a couple times where girls would actually get sick from from pushing it like throw up which is pretty maybe a bit intense and maybe pushing it but there was just this level of like we're we're gonna work like if we don't make our goal, we'll know that we did everything we could to, to, to earn it. So that was a really cool thing about my U18 year um, and the environment that our coach and strength coach fostered for us. Nice, nice. And I, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think to win an 18 national championship, there is a little bit of of luck involved that I think it's really challenging because it's a long three days. You got to like position yourself in the draw to take care of pool on the first day. And then I think the playoff draw really matters. So I know it was a little while ago now with everything else you've accomplished, but do you remember just how the tournament kind of unrolled, like how you felt going into playoffs? Was there, was there any team either from Alberta or BC or, or some other strong provinces, maybe an Ontario team that you faced and had like a really good match. I'm trying to think who else would have been in your cycle, but, but to win an 18 national championship is special, but there, must have been something that went right along the way yeah we I remember we lost like even lost a a game I think the first day to a team uh like some team like we I guess we made it out the first day but it wasn't like a clean sweep all the way through it's yeah like you said I I totally remember it being like three games a day or whatever it was three days in a row like you have to bring it every single game and you can't uh take it for granted and I mean in years past we We'd gotten, I think in my first year, like fourth, and then in U16, third, uh, U17, we uh, lost our crossover. And so it kind of felt like we knew what it was like to lose those, the crossover, the semi, uh, even the third place match. And so a lot of us had been in the program for those four years together and experienced that. So it was, we knew what we were in for, we knew what our goals were. Um, And yeah, I remember we uh, a big competitor that we always saw at nationals was uh, like BCO they were in, in grade 12 um, with Kira Van Rijk was a star on that team, uh, unstoppable. And I remember Alexis Yonker, Sophie Stone, Gabby, Atia that played at um, UBC. And so they had a pretty strong group uh, and I we, we faced them in the semis and I remember winning in three. And it's, it, it's really cool to watch that game because, I mean, watching us celebrate, every point seemed like we won it the way we were celebrating. Like, it was just a really intense battle. I think we only won by a couple points in the third set. Um, and they were a team we saw at Nationals most, or like the BC group uh, was really strong. Um, and then in the final, we played Pac-Man. And the final was, it was, it was crazy. We... We won the, the first set 26-24. We lost the second set 25 to 9. Wow. Um, yeah, let that if you want to let that sink in 25-9. And it's a you know, it's a best of three match national final. And so I couldn't tell you that that second set, uh, nothing was going right for us. And I mean, we we didn't even know what was going on. We were like, couldn't score, they were unstoppable, and we came out of that set not even making double digits and we had a third set to play to win nationals. So that was, I mean, that was, that was a test right there. And we knew that, I mean, the, the cool thing about volleyball is you get to start at zero, zero, the next set, no matter what happens, even if you lost a nail biter, 26, 24, you're zero, zero, the next set. And so it was, a uh, we had to reset and uh, we, we were down, we were down, I think, 14 11 or 14 12 in the third and I our my friend Kendra got like us a, a huge solo block two aces um like we all send just clutched up right at the end and I think we won like I think it was 17 15 in the fifth like 
something insane to come back and win it. So by no means was it a, we didn't steamroll or anything. We had some third set clutch moments, but we, we were fortunate to have competitive players that love the pressure. Like, I think that's something I, I take, took away from club is like to, to really want the ball, even when it's the other team's match point and, and want to kill it and want to be aggressive. And, and uh, we had a really great group, like aggressive attackers all around and good servers and good passers. And yeah, we, we were able to come back and, and win after losing 25-9 in the second set. Nice. That, that, yeah, that's not easy to do. That's very impressive, actually, as no. you describe it. So we, we have had other dinos on the show. Like I think Kristen Monks and Jesse Niles both came through the dino system and actually didn't pursue it and go to University of Calgary. So I'm wondering with your personal experience, because I, I think there is a whether it's direct or indirect, I think there is an affiliation to the university program. So when you were recruited uh, out of high school and club, was Calgary on your radar or was there something appealing that like you knew Trinity was going to be the spot for you? Like what was your recruiting process and how did you finally make the decision that you did? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, growing up, my mom is from BC, Salmon Arm. And so growing up, I spent a lot of summers there and always thought like, wow, BC is is gorgeous. And the campuses there are beautiful. And so I remember thinking that, like, I really love it there. And so part of me, I mean, maybe not until grade 12, I don't quite remember, grade 11, felt like I, I wanted to, you know, leave home for school. Interestingly enough, I, I went to this, and this is, I think, where Trinity all started for me, was in my uh, grade eight and nine year of grade school, I went to a really small Christian junior high, and it was called Trinity Christian School. And it was like one class per grade, like really small, uh, Cape to nine. And I... Uh, that we had like a really great like athletics program for being such a tiny school and um, yeah it was just like a really like cool like family feel and I remember in that grade eight nine year and like I said that's when I sort of decided I wanted to play university around that age um, that Trinity Christian school sort of like would speak really highly of Trinity Western University and it seemed like any athlete that that makes it from our little Trinity Christian school would go to Trinity Western, whether to play soccer or volleyball or basketball. So quite a bit of our, a few of our alumni ended up going to Trinity. Um, and so uh, there's actually a lot of Calgary athletes at Trinity, uh, especially on the soccer team. Um, and our volleyball team actually has quite a few Calgary athletes. But anyway, at, at, I, I guess at a young age, I think a seed was planted, like maybe one day I'll be, I'll be good enough to play at Trinity or I want to work towards that. And so I think that was always kind of on my mental a little bit like that would be a really cool school and in my recruiting process uh, they'd just come off a national championship and had an, their first national championship and uh, I think Ken was title for two years so like two years back to back like U14 U15 I think they won and so I uh, yeah the, just the timing of it like the, the, the school was doing really amazing I kind of always dreamed of going there and um i still wanted to give other other schools like a shot and and go on a few visits and see for myself like is that really where i want to be and when i went on my visit to trinity in grade 11 it was just so obvious that uh this is the place for me like the girls that i met and watching the team practice i just i just dreamed of going there so yeah, it, it, I mean, as much as it was decision, I think I, I think I always knew that I wanted to go Trinity. And so, yeah, that, that's where I ended up. And I loved it. To put you on the spot, but not make you talk for him, too. I, I believe if I have my timeline correct, like Jackson chose to do a, a fifth year of high school. So when he was looking at universities, did, did you kind of help encourage him that Trinity was a spot and like you were having such a great experience? Because uh, I think obviously people tend to to trust their siblings' words and they, they tend to follow sometimes when they go to school. But to have a twin is obviously a special connection, right? So do you feel yeah. like you you were able to be a resource? Because he did mention that like Pierce and him went to high school and there were some other things. And obviously Trinity's great at volleyball. But I'm, I'm curious when Jackson was looking at universities, was that something you you and he had talked about a little bit? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I, it, was, it was interesting being twins and him being, he's one grade uh, behind me. So um, the decision, I think he was making it in grade 12 um, to come or not. Like he, I remember he came on his visit while I was in my first year and 
met the guys and I know I know Ben Joe obviously is an amazing coach and he's really great at recruiting and and connecting with the guys before they come and so yeah I think I I really really loved my time here so if he would ask questions I would just say like that it's such a cool I really like the school I like the you know the department and obviously the Trinity men's team is also uh, quite an amazing group so I think um, it was just a few things lined up. And I mean, I think, uh, Jackson and I, like we are, we lived together actually in an apartment the past three years and just him and I, and we're really close, really good friends. Um, and so it was, it was also probably a pull just to even, you know, do life together a little bit and, uh, be close to each other. So I was really happy he, he decided to come and, uh, yeah, I, I know he was considering other schools and uh, was talking to different coaches, but yeah, it just, it, it sort of worked out. But I think, um, I think something about university is there's no, I don't know if there's a wrong choice. I mean, if you go there and you work hard and you embrace it, uh, you're going to have a good experience, I think. And, you know, I, yeah, I, he knew that. And uh, I, I was really glad he decided to come. It was, uh, it made the time at Trinity that much better. Nice, nice. Well said. So we've kind of just gone through your timeline and we've established that like you you were a high level athlete from a young age, you're winning a national championship in club, but uh, I feel like the jump to university is is often a big one for some athletes. And for you to go into a program, like you said, just coming off a national championship, what was your first impression? Like that first training camp or that first semester at Trinity? Like, did you feel like you were competing at the level or was there still like a, a big jump to playing with athletes who were maybe as much as like four years older than you, right? Totally. I remember that being a bit of a shocker. Like I remember seeing like, wow, these are thinking like, wow, these girls are so much older than me. And some of them had played, I think a bit of B team or a little bit of national team. So um, yeah, it was quite, it was cool to come in. Like the fifth years uh, were quite amazing. Ellie Wendell, uh, Sophie Carpentier were some amazing attackers on the outside. And so, yeah, it was, it was cool to come into that. And I, I think, something important about going into university and I luckily feel like I adapted this was you know you come out of high school feeling like you know I'm coming off a national title and feeling feeling pretty good but I think it's important to realize like this is a whole new game like it's uh you 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 can't have these I mean obvious expectations are tough like you don't want to expect that you're gonna crush it right away like it's quite an adjustment so I think I came in like hoping you know I hope I can travel I hope I can you know maybe even play but I'm gonna have to work really hard and earn it like there's nothing you don't bring in any of your accolades from high school with you you know you start fresh you start at the bottom and you you have to work your way work your way up so that's yeah that was quite apparent from the beginning I I actually remember I always love to compete and at a high level, I've loved that my whole life. And so I, I loved the level that I could come in and play at. And um, I felt like I was competing. I got a little bit of playing time in my first year, but I, I got mono pretty quick into the preseason. And so I was out for a couple months and it really, it really took me down. And so I don't think I was back. Uh, my first year was a bit challenging that way because I was quite sick. And then even recovering from mono once you're, better you you feel weak and it takes a little while to to get your body back and so I think it wasn't till the later half of first year that I kind of got to come back into it and yeah play a little more like myself so we finished that year with the bronze medal at nationals and I think a third at Ken West I'm pretty sure I can't really remember but I think that's what what we got nice yeah that's such a good mindset to just hear about your process because i think a lot of athletes enter in their first year and they're whether it's put on themselves or or if they just feel it within the team that they want to contribute and they think they should be starting and they think all this where you kind of understood you're stepping into a special program and you're gonna have to work for it but uh just looking at your stats it looked like yeah first year you got in but you mentioned like you you had to take some time off there but uh, i believe in your second year and then from then on like you were playing every match almost right so how did that uh feel kind of going through the process that that maybe some athletes had cycled out and you had to step into a bigger role and be like a bigger contributor to the team yeah definitely in my second year we had uh, yeah the, some of our big outsides graduated and so 
yeah, it was it was cool to step into a role uh, as P1. It's interesting my like my position like the positions I've played throughout my career. I, I played middle U15, U16, halfway through U17. Played switched to the right side and played my last year and a half of club as a right side, and then came into university and I saw you know the right side was established, the P1 was established, and I could kind of get in a little bit with P2. And so I made that adjustment actually in university, switching to left side um, from the right side. So it was, there was a few new things for me, especially in my, my second year, uh, not only playing, but taking more of a load um, and, and learning as a left side, getting a lot of bailout balls and yeah, in the, in the serve receive, just, it's a, you know, it's a different game. You, sometimes you, I, I mean, it was definitely a learning curve for me, knowing when to keep the ball in knowing how to be aggressive and yeah take the load and score when we had to score but it was actually a that was a tougher year for our team just because there was a lot of turnover uh we we that was our uh a year where we didn't perform we didn't uh, get the results really I guess that year that we wanted we didn't make nationals that in my second year but it's funny because I'll, I'll still look back at it and it didn't really it didn't really matter. It was a really fun experience and I really loved my teammates that year. So, and every year, but um, yeah, that was an interesting year adjusting to playing all the time. And, and yeah, I did play every match from my second, second, third and fourth year. And then it obviously like it putting you on the spot again, but do you remember how you felt in training sessions and going from that? Because I think, yeah, switching to a left side, I don't want to over dramatize this, but for you not being a left side through high school and club and starting in your second year university, you're thousands of reps behind and serve receive yeah. can be really tricky. And like you said, out of system hitting is its own battle, right? So how did you find the balance that you were going to be like, not okay with making mistakes, but understanding that like to learn, you're going to have to make these mistakes. Like, did you get any individual practices or small group stuff? Because like, obviously you had to close the gap of how far behind you were from other athletes. I'm just curious how you kind of accepted that challenge or what it looked like in the training gym at practice. Yeah, we, it's, we're lucky because our coaching staff, we, we have rep sessions throughout the week, one or two rep sessions. So we would practice every day, but then some days you'd come to the gym at, you know, noon to one and you pretty much just pass for an hour twice a week. And yeah, I, I passed a bit in club, like as a middle, I, I passed in U16 and U15 and a bit of U17, I got to stay in and, and play and pass. So it wasn't completely new, but I would definitely say I'm more of an offensive player. And so I, I think, um, I mean, one thing in volleyball, sometimes if you try harder, it doesn't, it doesn't go better. You know, it comes down to the reps a lot of the time. And uh, yeah, the ball, some days the ball isn't doing really what you want it, want it to do. But I think, yeah, passing was something I had to work really hard at. And one thing I think that came from that is after uh, maybe a poor pass, I would make sure I'd get out there and be ready to hit a high ball. And um, now that's probably one of my, my, one of my strengths is hitting out a system is because even when I couldn't pass a good ball, I'd, I'd want to make, I'd wake, make it better and still finish the play. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely a learning curve. And like I said, our second year wasn't, wasn't our best showing, but a lot of teams would serve target me because I was the new, uh, you know, the new left side. And so I got used to getting a lot of balls and being served for a lot, you know, a lot of my career. Um, and so there's over time, you just learn how to handle it and manage it and having really awesome teammates beside me and, uh, yeah, that are encouraging and, uh, we all work together really well. So I think, yeah, it, it was definitely a learning experience, but with reps, it comes and, and I mean, having the right attitude in the back row, like even when, when you're struggling or things aren't going well, like still being hungry for the next ball and wanting it to come to you. Like I even if it was a weakness, I still wanted, wanted the chance to control the ball and trusted myself to, to do well. So yeah, I think that's just important is even if the skill is, you know, it's something you're working on, uh, to still want to do it and, and be confident in yourself and, uh, yeah, desire the ball. And, and not to give away 
too many secrets here because obviously you're still pursuing your career and got a pro contract but uh just hearing again with your process and seeing you play with the national team i like how you've brought up like there's times to i want to choose my words here maybe not it's not conceding but to hit a continue and be okay with it or to go for it and like to, to win the rally so obviously you're very good at that now but uh, as you're transferring to this outside position how did you build that mindset? Like, is that something that happens with video? Is that coach explaining like, here are your angles, here are your shots, here's how the defense is going to front you? Like, how, how do you pick and choose these moments? Because I think that's so hard for athletes at any level, like when to be aggressive and go for it or when, like I said, you have to hit a continue and just give your t- team a chance to play defense, right? Yeah, I mean, it's such a hard skill and I think it takes a lot of practice. Like, uh, it's not something you can just... I mean, you learn it through experience, right? And I think one thing that I've always thought, and I think which which has helped me to this day, is you don't really regret, or you never regret regret being aggressive or making an aggressive error because, or yeah, because I think in volleyball it's a game of a game of mistakes, and so mistakes will happen. But I rather earn the point than have the other team, you know, make an error or. You know what I mean? Like there's this to win a game or to win at a high level, I think aggression is so important. And so that above anything else, but there's definitely times where, okay, this set isn't great. It's a little scrambled. I need to put this in and knowing that, okay, well, maybe I can take the setter out or, you know, maybe I can play it to the front row left side who's been on their game and try to take them out of the you know, the front row. And so they don't get as, as good of a swing out of this. So I think even in those tough situations and, and getting that continue, like, like, can I make it a tough continue? Can I still be aggressive in control? And so that's, that's, I think is the biggest learning curve is finding those moments, but still finding a way to be aggressive, even when you're continuing the ball. And if you had to think about it, like, what is your process? Like, obviously, like taking out the setter is a smart shot. You never want to like roll shot into the libero's lap or anything. And then uh, uh, on the beach side, Christian Redman explained this to me super well. He's like, you never want to take a 10 out of 10 swing on a four out of 10 set. So you got to identify, like, do you have an advantage or do you not? But uh, in your process, like, are you constantly aware of what rotation they're in? Maybe a middle just served. Like, how much information do you feel like you're absorbing and processing that when you do get an out of system ball, like, you know, where where a smart continue would be or where you can put them under stress without maybe blowing up the block or blowing up a defender? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's interesting, you know, growing in the sport, you even being at playing at the national, uh, with the national team, the information, like you start getting more and more information about the other team as you get older. I feel like, like, uh, you know, the rotations, you know, their tendencies, uh, you've got a pretty strict game plan. And so, Obviously there's value to that, I think, but a lot of the time I, I found like if I, if the middle's in the back row, like you're saying, and I decide like, I'm going to hit this ball to five, a lot of the times, like five might not be open and line might be open on that shot when I get the ball. And so there's something I think about knowing the spots, but also being adaptable when you get the set and knowing, you know, you have the tools it takes to score and you can see the block and see the court. So you know, I think sticking to that and being just being an athlete, I guess, when you get the ball is more important than pre-deciding any shot or even knowing too much about the other team. And I think, I don't know if that works for everybody, but for me, I find, yeah, to just trust myself to see, to see what's open and see the hands. Nice. Like when you say see the hands, like, are you getting that sense just because you're you know, you're going slow to fast on your approach, like you're keeping the ball in front of you, or are you like deliberately trying to take a look, uh, almost like maybe a beach player would, that you're trying to actually absorb information and then hit the ball? Or because you guys are hitting like flatter, faster sets, is it just coming down to keeping the ball in front of you and that's where your vision comes from? Yeah, yeah. I think that it's another thing that comes with um, practice. Like it's it's a hard skill to to see the block and see the weakness in the block too because everything's so quick. But I mean, yeah, I guess keeping the ball in front of me and, and you can, I think most players, I mean, at this level can tell like, okay, somebody's fully camped out on me and they've got me wrapped up or, oh, this middle stuck with my middle and now I have a seam. So just looking, I mean, I think that was a bit of a transition for me, even playing in BNL recently is sometimes something looks open 
and then the middle's going to fly in and take it away. So your eyes can sometimes deceive you, um, but to hit high and hard or hit for edges, I think typically pays off. So even if you don't quite see the hands in time, to, to hit it high and to hit it hard, uh, usually now, you mentioned, obviously, when we talked about the jump from club to university, that you're in a gym with athletes who have been on the B team or played national team where uh, unintentionally, sorry, I kind of glanced over it. In your years of club, you actually made like the junior national team. And I think that was the year the team was selected from National Team Challenge Cup. Do you just remember yeah. that experience? Like, how excited were you? Because I think the way it delivered, there was a little bit of drama, right? Because I think I was there with Team Ontario that year. I think we, we did the medal ceremony and then the team was announced, right? So you just remember like hearing your name announced that you were going to be on this squad and then athletes like Kira Van Rijk, who you'd been across the net from and been in some tough battles. Now you guys are teammates. Like, do you remember just the feeling yeah. of getting that squad and just being like meeting your teammates on the first day being like, I just battled with all of you and now I got to be teammates. Like, what was that like? Yeah. That was a really cool year. I was, so I was U17 playing in the U18, uh, like NTCCs that year. And so I was underage. And so I, I remember in, at Team Alberta being like, and I think this is how I've always, you know, perceived playing at this level is, okay, well, I'm going to work really hard to make this U18 team. And then once I got to that U18 Team Alberta team, now I was competing to start. And then I, I got the start and then, now you know we went to ntccs and i was just trying to perform and play well with my team and it's funny because it was a battle to make that u18 team alberta team it was i mean my year and the year up were very strong and so i actually was i didn't even have we had to go i mean the national team got selected and i actually didn't even pack my passport or anything to go to the states because i didn't even cross my mind that i would i would make it to be honest with you which is crazy i I just didn't feel like I, I was confident in myself. I just felt like, oh, I'm under it. And there's a lot of great players here. I just, it didn't really cross my mind. So I remember when it got announced, I called my parents and I was like, I think I need my passport. Like we're going to Iowa. I'm training for a couple of days and then going with this amazing group of players to play for the junior national team. It was really surreal, I remember. And my dad had to like, whatever you like, send my passport in 24 hours or something so that I was able to go like over the, <laughs> like I just didn't I didn't even that's how little I expected it so it was actually kind of a shock to me but I remember that was such a cool 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 experience I I Kira and I have been good friends since that we also went on a, a missions trip together in my grade 11 year to Haiti so I knew her actually a little outside of volleyball um, and so it was really cool to play with these amazing players and our, our coach um, taught us. I remember like learning new things like we were practicing like pancakes a little more or like recycling the ball and what that looked like. Like it kind of felt like a big jump to the next level. And so that was really cool to experience that and play with some really amazing players. Yeah, I just thought it was a cool experience because you battle and then like there was a squad that was selected. I think they were going... Oh, I forget where, but they were going to make a training camp and it was just like a high performance experience for them. But then you guys got to go create like a Team Canada and go to the U.S. So it was just kind of a, a cool cycle. And uh, I mean, you never really recognize it when you're in it. But uh, when you look back, like that was this pretty special group that the, there's athletes that have gone through that cycle with you that are now on the senior national team. Right. So is that just kind of a cool thing where you're in the team room to look around and you see Lane and you see Kira and I think uh, Courtney was on that squad, too, like. Obviously, there was no way to know that when you're 17 years old, but is that just a cool moment to look back and be like, wow, this really was like a pipeline and a lot of us have made it through to the senior team? It's it's super cool. We were, you know, last month in Italy, uh, Kira and Lane and I were were there and we were just talking talking about how we all go way back. Like we played together six years ago and, you know, we, we were kind of making jokes. Like it all started at JNT and here we are now and it's pretty cool, like, to be playing with those players and yeah, like we have memories from, from those training camps and traveling, uh, traveling, you know, to the States and uh, yeah, it was that, that group was really special and it's cool to, to represent Canada at a whole new level now together. It's, it's really special. And 
to, to skip ahead a little bit, you also had the, the opportunity to represent Canada at FISU. What was the selection process that cycle? Because obviously FISU, you have to be a, a full-time post-secondary student, but was there an official tryout? Was that a, a selection? Like, how did that squad come together? Because again, just looking at the names, like uh, Alina Dorman, uh, I think Caroline Livingston was on that team that you just played with oh, at yeah. VNL. Like uh, the, the same names came to, uh, Courtney Baker was on the team. Like the same names seemed to pop up over and over. I'm just wondering, how did that squad come together for your cycle? Yeah, it was um, it was actually mixed in with the senior A and senior B uh, team tryout. So that that year, all if you went to try out for Fishu B team, A team, you all showed up to the same tryout and you checked off a list like, do I want to play Fishu B team, A team? And like, if let's say you just want to try out for the A team, you didn't have to check the B or uh, Fishu team. So there was kind of a, a choice there and the, the scouts knew kind of who was trying out for what, because Fishu was, uh, I think it was maybe a three or four week commitment. And then obviously B team, A team was the whole summer. So some girls, yeah, didn't want to play the whole summer. And so that group was all at tryouts. And uh, I think it was, yeah, me, Corey White, Courtney Baker and Caroline Livingston all played on the B team that summer and Fishu. So we got to do both. Like you, you, we took a break from training with the B team and trained with Fishu when they came to Richmond. So it was a pretty cool tryout. Like it was a mix of, you know, a lot of great players and it was, you know, it's, it's nerve wracking being in a tryout with, you know, older skilled players and all of like lots of us university players were there. So it was, uh, yeah, it was cool to, to be selected for that. And Fishu was really, one of my favorite experiences playing volleyball, it was, it was super fun and such a great group. And then, sorry, just one more to get us off topic. And then I, I swear we'll get back to your interview, but uh, I'm curious, uh, Garrett and I, we, we have another show called Sharp Cuts, which is a little bit more of a discussion show. But when we had Jen Cross and uh, Caroline Livingston on the show, we made the joke that some of you hadn't met each other yet and you were going to a senior tournament, you're going to VNL and you didn't meet each other. But actually, yeah. it, when doing some research for you, it seems like the young core did know each other because even uh, Cassie, I believe, was on your FISU team. So it really was just mixing the young and old. But there was these connections, like you said, that like Lane and you go way back like six years, right? So uh, I'm curious yeah. what your interpretation was of VNL because obviously there was athletes that you wouldn't have met. Maybe you see around the oval, but you wouldn't have got to work with where, what was your impression? Because in speaking to Jen Cross, there was some athletes that she literally met at training camp that you were then going to go play VNL. Yeah, I forgot to actually mention Cassie. She's a good friend that we played B and Fishu together. Um, But yeah, we, actually interestingly, so that B team summer, um, so two summers ago, I played I played Fishu uh, for those two weeks in Italy. And then pretty quick after I went to Peru to play the Pan Am games with like kind of an AB squad. And so got to meet new players and play there. And then I uh, got to go to Colorado Springs, which was like uh, North Sica. And there was players like Jen Cross and Emily Maglio and some of the, the A-team girls were at that tournament. Um, and then in October, got to go to a Pan Am cup or whatever it was and that was full a team so i actually got to play with it was cool like it was kind of these stepping stones of like the level just kind of kept getting higher and i got to the opportunity to make all these rosters uh that allowed me to actually play with i think there was maybe one girl that i hadn't played with um before going into this vnl which was i think unique and probably i had played with the most girls Thanks to that summer. Nice, nice. And I think uh, Coach Shannon is doing a great job. But to me, the the mood around the women's team really changed when Tom Black was the head coach. And he was only with us yeah. for the short amount of time. But I think he really laid the foundation. And Shannon's doing a great job. And you guys like did really well at BNL. But going back to your early experience, can you just mention like what Tom did for the program? Because I think he... He gave like a certain mindset and a certain credibility where I think like stuff that he installed, maybe I'm, I'm over speaking here, but I feel like that's still trusted today. And it's even trickled down through like university and clubs. So what, what was the mood around the national team when like the coaching change did happen? And all of a sudden you're at one center and like you said, FISU, B and A are all under one roof and you're interacting. And it's just like kind of a big team mindset. Like what did that feel like being in it as a young athlete? You know, it was really cool because it, he came in with a system like I think the you know the senior A team hearing hearing stories the coaching staff has has changed up a lot and you know they're swing blocking and then they're shuffling and they're 
bunch and then they're at the, the pins. Like they, they've kind of been through it all different seams. like they've really had to change uh, based on the coach's style. And uh, he came in and, and streamlined, you know, seams like we take our deep left and short right and swing blocking and helping in the middle and there was a lot of cool things that he he just sort of set like right away I remember there was a meeting with everybody so B and A team there was a few meetings at the beginning of the summer kind of laying out like this is our system this is how it works we're all going to follow it we're all going to buy in and yeah it was made clear to us on the B team like you guys can be called up you guys are you know you're one step away from from being on this, you know, team that's pursuing the Olympics. So it was a cool, we're all in it together and we were all, you know, training the same system and, and working hard. I remember the first time Tom introduced himself, he, he said, okay, you know, 90 days till the Olympic qualifier, it starts right now. And I remember thinking like, wow, that's a, you know, that's inspirational. He, he, set I mean obviously our national team you know the dream is to go to the Olympics and I think just after a few quads of not not qualifying it's important to still you know still have faith in that and and come to it every every day we train uh, to make that make the Olympics and so he really instilled that I think and I, I mean I don't know too much about what what the environment was like before him but you could tell the girls bought in and uh, he uh, kind of reset the focus of the team and brought people together for the, you know, the ultimate goal of, of making the Olympics. So he was, I didn't get to experience him too much that summer, but often he, yeah, he really was very encouraging and empowering coach. Even for me, I remember I, when I got to play with the senior A team in that one tournament um, coming in as, you know, the 14th, player you know the last player on the roster uh he he talked to me on the phone and I hadn't talked to him too much and he said to me like how are you feeling going into training in this this tournament you know it's a big step and I said you know I just want to like make sure that I'm you know playing well enough in practice not to be like stick out like a sore thumb or you know com compete well and, and like make sure that the other girls yeah are, are feel equipped and that I can help them get ready and he just said like uh, you know, you need to, you need to enter that gym. Like you want to start, like you got to, you got into that gym. Like you want to be the best player in that gym. Don't go in thinking you're 14th man and want to blend in. And that was a really cool, like for not knowing him too much and him to just bluntly say that to me on the phone, like, Oh, your mindset is, no, oh, that's not right. Like you, you have to go in and be the best player in the gym. And that's the only way they're going to get better. And so that was pretty cool. And one of my few experiences with him, he also connected me with my agent and put in a really, really great word for me to get a sweet agent. So he, yeah, I really respect him and look up to him. Like he was a really awesome guy from what I gathered. Wow. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Cause you and I were just chatting quickly before the show and we talked about like your love of just the team sport and playing free. But I think, you know, growth mindset, it gets brought up a lot, but it, it gets tested, especially in an environment where you mentioned like you're the young player on that team and you, you kind of mentioned you want to blend in. But when you're in training and, and you're building towards the system that like not a lot of athletes have come from that program. Right. So you're, you're failing a lot, but you're around high level athletes. You're a high level athlete. You want to be competitive. Like when that growth mindset gets tested, how do you feel or how do you get back to this level that you are playing free? Because it's uh, I always go back to when we had Autumn Bailey on the show. I have so much respect for her. And I, and I just love her. But uh, she mentioned that like Tom's changing stuff in her game. And in her mind, she's thinking like, I know I'm good, but this is like this is rough. I'm having a tough day here. So how did you go through that process where you're constantly learning and being tested, but you're you know, it's going to be a process. But man, you just want to be good right away sometimes. Right. Totally. Yeah, it's it's tough, like, you know, learning something new or picking up a new shot that looks ugly to start with, but you kind of know um, it's going to prepare you down the road. I mean, I one thing I I tell myself, like, is I, I just I do. I've always loved to compete and I and I love to. Yeah, like be I when it's 24, 24, you know, like it's like the pressure's on. And and so I think I think just knowing like in those slow moments in practice where you're working out a skill that that's going to help you, you know, in those moments where now you have another shot or, uh, yeah, you're actually getting better in those moments where you feel like you're playing horrible because you're, you're pushing yourself and you're learning something new. And so 
I remember that summer, like developing my range a lot more, like having really specific drills, like we're hitting, we're just hitting as sharp as we can this drill and, and having to find a way to hit sharp. And that my, you know, my, that wasn't really my shot at the time, but sucking at it for a little bit. And then when it starts to come, your, your game elevates. So yeah, trusting the process, I think is, is huge. And, uh, and, and doing it, um, so you can be competitive in those, those key moments. Nice. And to, to draw some attention to VNL, like obviously you, you guys had success and you won some games, but that's, that's a tough draw. And you guys went through some tough moments, like with this mindset you have of playing free and that stuff's going to pay off and you're getting better. Like when you're going through the motions, are you guys celebrating those little victories that like, uh, what's the sense in the team room? Cause I, I think there's a sense in the community that like, yes, we lost to Brazil, but like, man, did, what was it close? And do we not like answer the test yeah. for a couple sets? Right. So what's the mood in the team room? Are you guys thinking like, well, a loss is a loss and we didn't get it done. Or is there a way to be like a super high performer and find little victories, even though in the standings, like that's, that's a loss, right? Totally. Um, I think that's so important to celebrate the little victories. Like you're saying, um, you know, my time with the the national team, as much as I was fully immersed immersed in it for two months, a lot of my um, like perception of the game is I kind of grew while I was at Trinity. So I our mo- like mantra as a team is to live free, play free, and, and I think that's so important in in sport because I mean, even in volleyball, we've got kind of a detailed stat sheet, like how efficient we were, or you know, the win or the loss. I mean, there's a lot of things that that are are statted and we can look it up after the game but I think and I know personally like if I if I go into the game and I'm playing because I love the sport and I'm free to play I get this opportunity I'm grateful for it and I'm just going to give it my all and mistakes will happen and maybe the stat sheet won't look too good after the game but I played hard and I loved I loved playing in the moment and having the freedom to make mistakes knowing that they'll they'll come I think that's something that really was instilled in me at Trinity and it was really cool to see it at the national team, you know, this past, this, this summer, because yeah, we came into the tournament really with little expectations. Like we're coming in, it's our first, it's our first time at BNL teams are probably expecting to beat us 3-0 and we're expected to lose 3-0. And so there's something weightless about that going into a game with no expectation and everything to gain. And so I think even coming off a season you know, not having get getting to compete this last year at Trinity, um, I was hungry to play and I was grateful to play, and it was so fun to compete at that level. And I really felt that from a lot of the girls on the team. Like it was really fun and it was free and it was, yeah, it, it it's what kind of won us a few sets against some really amazing teams in the tournament and and gives us yeah kind of a glimpse or even just a nice start into this next squad um, and what we're capable of. Like, how do you think of it in terms of, of playing free where, again, I'm not trying to over-dramatize it, but I think it, once the tournament got going and like you're, you're doing well, you're earning points. Like I think if a team were to game plan for Canada, they were going to, obviously your name comes up and Kiara's name probably come up about like, what are we going to do on defense to stop these two players? Right. So uh, again, not over-dramatizing, but you were getting volume, you were getting points, you were doing well, like, how do you play free and have all this joy when you know that like the other team, part of their game plan is to shut you down. Right. So you're going to get extra attention. You're going to get tough rotations. Like how do you enter those situations and, and, you know, play free, live free, but also understand that like, if you don't perform, you're going to lose because you're, you're a key piece right now. Totally. Um, it was a, you know, it was a sweet, it was sweet to get to play, um, to get to play and do well at VNL. I mean, I, I think, I think in those moments when you know maybe the other team is, you know, wanting to shut you down. And I think I've experienced that at, at Trinity too. And at the end of the day, it doesn't, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter who's on the other side of the net. I think like if I go into the match excited to play and yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, it's worth worrying too much about what the other team's thinking or what they're going to do, but go in playing, playing how you know to play because as much as it's a higher level and getting to play against some world-class players, you know, it's the same, same game of volleyball I fell in love with as a kid. And so that's, I think that's important to remember is that, you know, we, we play it because it's so fun and it's, I mean, there's obviously this pressure to win and lose and, and uh, well, obviously not lose, but to win and to, you know, and to 
spit out these sort of stats or this sort of performance. But I actually think if you go into it uh, grateful to be there and have, you know, a lot of fun and, and just trust that you know how to play and you know how to compete because you've been doing it all these years, there's something about that that kind of takes away any, you know, added pressure that you could put on yourself because, yeah, a lot of that stuff, I mean, you can control uh, how your mindset going into the game. And so I, yeah, I don't often think about what the other team, what the other team uh, thinks of me or, I mean, yeah, just, just go into it fresh and new every game. This is awesome. Thanks for sharing so much that you have already. And I'm curious just for any coaches listening or younger athletes listening, is there anything that's helped you in this process? Obviously you've got a lot of great experience, but would you encourage younger athletes like to have conversations with their coach? Like you mentioned the story with Tom, but I'm sure that's happened with Shannon and with Ryan at Trinity and stuff, or do you keep a journal? Do you watch video? Like, how are you, I, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like being worthy of feeling this way. Cause I think it's one thing to be loose and play free and have all this joy, but what sometimes you need that proof as an athlete that you are getting better. Right. So how do you, is there anything off the court you do that maybe you would encourage a younger athlete to try? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, one thing um, I think that's helped me a lot is that I, I mean, I don't, I'm not necessarily one to have a lot of conversations with the coach. That's not really who I am, but I, I like to prove that I earned any success by how hard I work. And I would, um, I really work hard in the gym. I work hard in practice. I, I really hate being mediocre or average. I really love to push the limits. I love to struggle on the last rep and feel like I worked my hardest. And I think there's something about entering a big moment or entering BNL and thinking like, I, I earned this. Like I, there wasn't, it wasn't luck. It wasn't, uh, you know, that I was in good favor in the coach's eyes. It's because I worked so hard to get here and I, I didn't have to say anything. I just had to, to prove it with how, with how I played. And so I think I've always, I've always been really driven and, uh, yeah, ma- even making this VNL roster. I mean, it was awesome to play, but my goal this, this past season was to, to get the call to, to play in this VNL or to make the roster. And so this year, not having a season, like I was, I was in the gym with the team. I was by myself in the fitness center, working on the weekends sometimes, or, you know, doing little things because I wanted it so bad. And so, yeah, looking back and knowing you put in the work for where you are is really rewarding. And I think also gives gives confidence in big moments that, yeah, this is earned. This is not a fluke. Like, it's, uh, yeah, I think that's really important for younger athletes. Like, if you really want something or you want to make that team or that university, like, like put everything you have into it. And then if you don't, if you don't make it, well, you know you gave your best effort. Um, and you can be at peace with that. So that's something I've always, you know, it's, not, it's, uh, something you can control. And so that's, uh, yeah, that's been a key, I think, to success over the last few years. Wow. Well, well said. Thanks again for all that you shared. This is awesome. I'm definitely getting fired up. So hopefully any uh, athletes are listening, you're definitely getting fired up too. But uh, just looking at the clock, I, I should have booked more time. This is a good one, but we'll have to get you back on because we haven't even touched really dive into VNL. And obviously you're going off to play pro and that'll be a great experience. So we'll have to get you back on the show. But for now, I think we've taken a big chunk of your day, but uh, we have made a tradition on the show that even though you're, you're a high achiever, you come from this great family, you're, you've been focused on sport for a big chunk of your life, but man, something odd or funny must've happened along the way, just because the volleyball community is so great. So I was hoping you could share maybe just a funny story before we let you go. Yeah, totally. I, um, one came to mind right away. Uh, so in my first year, I, I touched on in grade eight, my first year to volleyball when it was sort of my third sport. And I, you know, I was, I was struggling a little bit that year, but, um, and a little bit like scared because it was, I wasn't too strong of a player yet. And, uh, I, yeah, I was playing on a team with girls older than me. So I remember, um, I've always been a bit more of an offensive player. So passing was at the beginning was a little shaky. And, um, I remember being pushed up and serve receive. Um, my coach was pretty intense, like I said. Uh, but an amazing guy. Anyways, we're, we're playing in a tournament. It's a close game and I'm in, I'm, I'm on the court and um, coach is giving me a shot. And so I remember standing at the attack line thinking like, I, I know very little about volleyball, but I know that if the, if the serve trickles over the net, that, 
that's my responsibility, but not to flinch at anything else because I'm going to let the passers take it. So I remember standing at the attack line in service Eve, just praying that the ball doesn't come to me because I didn't want to mess up. And I think when you think that you probably are going to mess up. And so I remember being ready for the ball and, and being and thinking, okay, they served it. It's coming over my head. I'm just going to stay still. I don't, you know, no one likes the, the player that takes a step and then backs away. So I just stayed completely still and the ball actually like not only hit my head, but rolled off my head. <laughs> and I, I didn't even move, just rolled off the top of my head and then right behind me. Like it was, it was humiliating. It wasn't even like it hit, it rolled off my head and I didn't, I didn't move a muscle because I didn't want to psych anybody out, but really, you know, it's my ball to take. I just was too kind of shaky to take it. And so I remember thinking like, oh, my coach is going to be like, I can't even look, look over there. Like it's going to be bad. And I look over to my left and my coaches beat red, like killing himself laughing because it was like <laughs> one of the most embarrassing mistakes you could see. It was like almost like I was in zoning out and the ball, yeah, just rolled off my head. And I, yeah, I remember my teammates laughing at me and it was a really intense game. So I'll always remember that moment of, of remembering that, you know, it's, it's important to want the ball on serve receive because silly stuff like that can happen. That's so cool that you can go from like a, a leading scorer for Team Canada at some VNL matches and then realize that we all have to start somewhere and, it, and it's hard for all of us at the start. So thanks for definitely sharing that one. So, man, this is so great, Hillary. Everything that you shared, I, I definitely learned a lot. I thought I, as, as a casual fan, I thought I knew about your career, but it's just cool to hear about your journey and really fired up about your mindset and the way you approach the game. So thanks again for everything that you shared and obviously easy to root for moving forward. So congrats on the contract. I believe you'll be in France this upcoming season, right yes i will yeah that's yeah. Th definitely exciting and then obviously keep going with the national team because i think uh coach shannon's got a good thing going there and the team's ready to take off so uh, obviously uh you've, you've accomplished so much so far but definitely lots to do ahead so thanks for all that you shared with us and we'll have to check in maybe after your first year pro and get you back on the show sounds awesome thank you so much for having me